I've got to be honest, I think that a lot of the time they don't seem to like you. There's a lot of hard work and there'll be, it's blood, sweat and tears. I don't know, you know, if I suddenly get a guitar out, is, is it believable? 23. Well, that's really shit. This is Your Welcome America presents Totally Scott Lee, episode two. I'm Ben. I'm Fraser. Fraser like Razor. And for the next seven weeks, we'll be recapping and reliving the MTV UK classic reality show, Totally Scott Lee. And you can watch along with us still because all the episodes are up on YouTube. YouTube. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure you listened last week, but for the uninitiated, we need to tell you what the show is. Totally Scott Lee follows Lisa Scott Lee from pop supergroup Steps as she tries to forge a solo career along for the ride are her family, the other Scott Lees, manager Nathan, and of course, Michelle Heaton. Fraser, what happened in episode two? Give us a quick overview, please. A uh, quick overview of this episode. I would say we have uh, a lot more kind of villain Michelle action, including an iconic scene in Tesco. Lisa and Johnny celebrate their wedding anniversary and Lisa goes to a shopping center to open a jewelry store. <laughs> Lovely. Let's get into it. Okay, episode two of Totally Scott Lee. Please, first of all, follow us on Instagram. You're welcome, America. You are welcome, America. And also, we're on Twitter now, as we said before, chasing those double digits. You are welcome, <laughs> USA. Give us a shout. And also, just like chat to us if there's something we've got wrong, something you're not happy with. If you're an American who has no clue what's going on, just give us a shout. Yeah. So we open this, uh, another devastating episode of Totally Scott Lee, six months later from our initial uh, episode from last week. And we open on Lisa getting her French tips done. <laughs> what did you call, what did you call this scene? I called this scene six months later. Six months later. I had six months later dash manicure with mum Jan. Now, you know, and I know, we both know that we love <laughs> a good, we love a good 90s mum name. Jan is such a good mum name. Me and Jan actually do Weight Watchers together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All that conversation with Jan is like, you're cradling a cup of like tea. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're holding it with like both hands just near your mouth as you're chatting at your coffee morning with Jan. Oh, you're so, you're Lovely. so right. Like, yeah, a big thick mug. Yeah, you're so right. Holding both. I've got my feet up on the, on the sofa and holding my big mug and me and Jan are just having a natter. Huh? Well, that's exactly what's going on in this scene because mum Jan's over at Lisa's house and they're getting their nails done. So I, I wrote down, Lisa has a quiff. Do you remember when people had quiffs? When women had a quiff in the, the early 2000s? It was like a, you would, they would do like a, a middle kind of pony. So like a, not a low pony or a high pony. It's like a very middle pony coming out of the back. Everything slicked it down around the sides. And then at the top was like a quiff that kind of goes up and into the ponytail. Now, translation for the US audience, a pompadour. Mm. Pompadour? Because remember, Pomp a yeah. quiff is very similar to queef which americans like think is the most hilarious thing of all time yeah, so, yeah which is a fanny fart which is also the wrong term to use in america because fanny is your bum oh 
tangled web we weave with language eh you're <laughs> welcome that we're here to explain it all so they're having a chit chat six months later as fraser said we're in 2005 now yeah because it's six months on since the pilot episode now they're just chatting away about lisa's career and jan thinks she's just like would well, you know what lisa i just sometimes i just don't think the public actually like you <laughs> this is yet again we are back with another close person to Lisa. This time her mum just jabbing that knife in even further. It's really, yeah, it's just, it's more of kind of like a general conversation about why, you know, Lisa's kind of being like, I just don't know what's kind of going wrong. And I don't know why these things don't keep happening. And Jan's like, do you know what? I've been waiting years to tell her this. I'm going to sit down after we've had our French tips done. I'm going to unclasp the giant mug, sit her down, look at her with my very thin eyebrows. I love those eyebrows very over time. And she, yeah, she's just like, well, you know what it is, love? I just feel like, you know, it, it feels really feels like maybe it's just people don't like you. And actually, I think sometimes people just don't like you. Like, oh, oh, oh Jan, you savage, <laughs> savage biatch, like just absolutely sticking it to her. And Lisa's like, but they don't know me, mom. And Jan's like, I know they don't know you, love, but that's not the point. They just don't seem to like you. And then, I mean, once again, Lisa cries. Yeah. Like, there's just like, she, she does cry a lot yeah she she really does and i guess it's it's pretty tough to have your own mum tell you that they think that people just don't like you (laughs) so you know i probably would cry too (laughs) yeah so this is where um lisa gets up to uh go and potter around in the kitchen and tony bumbles into the kitchen and uh weirdly goes and kisses the nail technician on the cheek and then kind of is like who are you I uh, gives yeah. him a kiss and it's like, who are you? Yeah. I was like, Tony, you don't kiss people first and then ask who they are. And then, yeah, Lisa and Jan are like, oh, you know, it's all, it's Sarah Mandy again. Sarah Mandy's back. She's just over to do her nails. And at this point, did you notice that they then kind of just like continue the conversation about kind of Lisa's career and goals? But did you notice what she was preparing in the kitchen? Oh, did I? Of course I did. She had that <laughs> She had that tub of spreadable flora out, but also like... I said, what... I wrote down, I bet it's flora. Sorry, I just dribbled. <laughs> I got so excited. I just spat everywhere. Well, she's got some scones. She's buttering, it's like she's buttering scones. But I think, oh, there's also a tub that looks like a tub of hummus, but I think it's a tub of clotted cream. I but, think so, yeah. But, but to the side, there's also a tub of spreadable flora. Because I yeah. definitely, I made a note of it as well in that wide shot. So she's so she's trying to do like almost like a cream tea for everyone. But I, I didn't see any jam. Did you see any jam? No, I do. There's a, there's a wider shot and there is what looks like a tall thing of jam. And then in the background, once again, a giant bouquet of flowers still <laughs> in the plastic wrap. the cellophane. <laughs> she, she, well, you know, as we saw in episode one, she what she likes to do is let them sit there because she wants to do her flower arranging, her really she underwhelming does. flower arranging that no one cares about. <laughs> I know. Do you um I have a question for you. Do you do you like a scone, like a cream tea? Yeah, I do actually. Mm. Like a lot I'd like a big a big thick thing of butter or or clotted cream or double cream. Clotted cream is it? Yeah, it's clotted cream. Yeah. No, double cream would just be like runny cream, just like pouring That's all right. over it. That'd be horrible. Clotted cream and then some like thick jam on top. Maybe like a raspberry jam would be good for me because you know I love a scones cousin, which is a croissant translation for an American croissant. I love a <laughs> I love a croissant with jam. So it's basically like the UK version of a croissant with jam, isn't it? Well, is the croissant not a French version of like a, oh, I don't know. We, we can't. Yeah. Do well, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. For, uh, wait a minute. What is your welcome in France? In French? How do you say you're welcome in French? In French, your welcome is de rien. De rien français. 
just just a note just a big shout out really to lisa's kitchen as well i think this is her house isn't it that we're in i think it is no i think it's her house yeah so now i think this is in windsor because she for a long time she lived in windsor i can't get into it but i have actually been over to (laughs) andy and Michelle's house in Windsor when they right. lived in Windsor, which <laughs> used to be Lisa's house, but it's not this house. So I think Lisa sold that house to to Michelle and Andy, and then she moved <laughs> into this bigger house. We'll get into that when we do a Come Dine With Me special on Your Welcome America, which will happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, there's just, uh, there's nothing really to shout out, but just I love the decor of this kitchen. It's such a 2004 kitchen of a house in Windsor that Lisa Scott Lee would live in, you know? Freshly decorated. Well, much like everything. <laughs> Actually, I've got something to say about some of the decoration later on in a, in a different scene lit. I feel oh, like there was nothing nothing much else in this scene lit, really. It was mostly just Jan destroying Lisa and then Tony kissing the nail technician. Well, no, there was one other important like seed that was sown, and that's Lisa's like, well, do you know what? I think maybe I should just do PAs, personal appearances. Maybe I should not do the music, and I should just kind of become like a full-time celebrity. And her dad, Tony... Quite right. It's like I just don't think you're going to enjoy that. You're you're not. You don't want to do that. So, some, but she's that's what she's thinking about. Some foreshadowing that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we move on to our next scenelet, which is a work of fucking art, high art. This scenelet, uh, which I called Andy and Michelle shopping. Yeah. So they're in. I think it's Tesco. It's one hundred percent Tesco. I I see that blue that blue and red motif. I knew it was a Tesco. It looked like a. It didn't, it didn't have like a superstore kind of size to it. To me, it looked like a very mid-sized Tesco, you know, not like a big glass monstrosity one because it definitely felt quite cramped. I don't know if you felt cramped watching it. Well, they're in the Tesco in Windsor. Got it. <laughs> and they're just like shoving things in that trolley, translation cart. They've got like, it looks like Michelle's like carrying some really heavy mints, some minced meat, just shoving it in and yeah. looking for some eggs. It's, um, it's, it's worth noting that um, Ville and Michelle is wearing sunglasses inside a Tesco. Uh, as if to it, essentially draw as much attention to herself as possible with the camera crew as well, which I loved. Which, and it does work, doesn't it? Oh, well, <laughs> let me tell you, my favorite, absolute favorite side character of this episode. What what name should we give her? Oh, I know. I, I know exactly what her name is. Okay. She's called Pat. Oh. Total Pat. <laughs> Absolute Total Pat. Pat. Um, Excuse me. No, I thought you was. Who? So the Spice Scale. Um, uh, David Beckham's um, wife, Victoria. Oh, I wish. No, I've only, got, I, I've only got him as my boyfriend. No, no, no. <laughs> so from a distance, obviously, to God, that man was cutting my meat. And I said, him. I said, he's filming. So I said, wonder who that is. So I said, that looks like Beckham's wife. <laughs> love that and she's and when she and when pat goes up to, to mish she's literally like she's grabbed michelle's arms and is just holding her saying all this and she's like and do you know what do you know what when that man was cutting my meat i was just looking over at you and i thought oh that's david beckenham's wife <laughs> yeah and she's like clutching her arm and they're in like the chilled they're in like they're by like a chiller cabinet aren't they because michelle's like and that woman's really clutching onto her arm in a way that's quite uncomfortable that, that a person's just grabbing at her like that and uh, I like that Michelle does not correct her about who she actually is. She just kind of goes, oh, yeah, I wish. I wish I was her. <laughs> and then there's that great moment as she walks off. You just hear this line that floats out of nowhere where she just goes, oh, we have got the same extensions. 
<laughs> like you'd think Michelle would be disappointed that she's been mistaken for someone else who's way more famous than her, but she's actually she's fine with it because she's got the same extensions as Victoria Beckham, so she's good. Yeah, I mean she's she's you know she's happy with it. I think she's you can see she's like reveling in it. Like I bet she goes to that Tesco. She used to go to that Tesco in Windsor all the time in her shades and like linger around like the Liberty X album display and like oh so yeah it's me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at that scene again. They're in the dairy aisle. They're in front of like some butter and some, some cheese. I see some chilled cheese in the background. I see some Philadelphia. Well, that's what sews it into the last scene is that big tub of flora that she's uh, buttering those scones with. (laughs) This is actually the origin story for that tub of flora. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't shoot this in order. So that's something everyone should know. (laughs) Is she borrowed that from Andy? (laughs) (laughs) I called the next scene lit first wedding anniversary dinner. Yeah, I just called it Lisa and Johnny's wedding anniversary. I didn't I didn't no. go kind of crazy with that one. So now. in this next scene lit, they are it's their first <laughs> anniversary. So it's 2005, so they must have got married in 2004. That's how math maths works. Yeah. And they're putting on their wedding outfits from their wedding. Yes. So at this point you're kind of not really sure like what's, you know, you see that you see the kind of caption that's their wedding anniversary and you know Lisa's putting on her wedding dress. You're like, "Oh, are they going to do like a a photo shoot? I think Sarah Mandy's with her like helping her get into the dress." And you know, yeah, you're kind of like, "Oh, this is nice. Like they're going to maybe like Hello magazine's going to come and they're doing like a wedding anniversary shoot." Um, you know, then Johnny comes in the room and um you know, Lisa gets the chance to finally stick the knife into someone else on this show and kind of says like, it's a compliment, but she still manages to call him fat in it, which I liked. She's just like, oh, this suit fits you really good now, now, babe, because, you know, you've, you've lost so much weight, like stone and a half. I think maybe even two stone. <laughs> He's like, oh, thanks, love. You're saying yeah. I was fat before. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> and and shout out to the, the interior design. In the background of this scene, I can see some like, squiggly wire candle frames you know like in the background um seated (laughs) beside like a little teddy bear yeah very her house is very next home isn't it yeah i bet she bought a lot of those things from next home Mm. (laughs) oh oh and i can see a radiator as well white radiator shout out (laughs) well we've got to keep our radiator watch going (laughs) this is i think this is a classic idea that a producer clearly said to them. So they probably sat down with a cup of tea, you know, grass in both hands at the beginning. And we're like, let's map out the next however many weeks. What have you got going on? And Lisa was like, oh, well, we do have our first wedding anniversary. And they're like, oh, you could celebrate that. Ever think about putting on your clothes from your wedding? And Lisa's probably like, oh, that's a lovely idea. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, oh that'd be dead romantic. And you've oh, lost all really that nice. weight. You've lost yeah. that weight. You'll, you'll fit that even better. In fact, it might not fit. Might have to get that taken in. Well, how much weight though is like you know i think you lost a stone it's about stone and a half, stone and a half. Actually, it's actually about two stone <laughs> it just keeps going up and up and up it's like calm down lisa i don't think he's lost two stone i don't think so he got then, like dysentery then... or something <laughs> you might he might after this dinner when he eats the escargot i will say well, well at this point we still don't know they're going down for dinner so they they go to leave the bedroom and i made a note of their pine banister <laughs> There, this house, this house in Windsor, Windsor has so much pine everywhere, like heavy pine, everything. That yeah. pine isn't cheap, but it doesn't look great. <laughs> it certainly looks it. Yeah, they they descend the pine banister. And this is where I was still kind of like, what is happening? Like, are they going to have a party? Is there like a photo shoot? And then <laughs> and Johnny leads her into the conservatory. <laughs> <laughs> now 
Let's hit the pause button and let's talk about <laughs> conservatory. Conservatory, because there is another reality TV show where an <laughs> iconic. <laughs> I think we've. <laughs> 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 Where we 100% have mentioned this before, but there is a reality show about the Saturdays, which we will discuss in the Saturday special coming at some point soon. And it's the most bland show where nothing happens. And for the series like finale, they're like, right, we'll get the girls together and really just get some drama or something going. And the series finale is them just having fajitas in Frankie's conservatory. Yeah, <laughs> the Saturdays 24-7. Oh. Yeah, just like... Frankie cracking open an old El Paso fajita mix and then serving it on like <laughs> with their nice napkins in the conservatory. <laughs> oh my god, we have to we have to add uh, Saturdays twenty four seven to our list. We, maybe that's a You're Welcome America presents coming up some point in the future. Oh, oh. <laughs> talk about low stakes. <laughs> well, all those all those Addison Lee people carriers just heaving them round town. Did you um Did you have a conservatory in your house growing up? We did. We had a conservatory. We had a, like a conservatory in the house that was really old. And then in 1998, prime year, we it was rebuilt. Oh, so um, was it then made in like PVC? It wa- it wasn't because I remember it was. I remember my mum looking at the plans and she's like, oh, "It says PVC. We can't have that." So it ended <laughs> up being made out of wood. Right. And it had like fake terracotta tiles on the ground, and the walls were a, quite a bright yellow. Oh, very like, that's very kind of like Mediterranean for that time, isn't it? Mm, did you have a conservatory in Norwich? We did. Well, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, remember? So, you know, basically I grew up in like an old, very old like cottage house. So it was like a million years old. And we had this very like, <laughs> this very ramshackle conservatory kind of along the whole back of the house. And it was kind of not, I'm not sure like whether it was to code, as they say in America. I feel like my dad might have built it. And it just was like, much like my house growing up was just very comfortable and very like shabby. (laughs) I distinctly remember we had a big cupboard where we kept all our shoes. And because my mum was home organization was not really her style. I remember once putting a shoe on and it just had a huge spider in it. Like there was just a lot. Our conservatory was just filled with spiders webs and like our old broken toys. (laughs) Yeah. Really, really putting Laura York on blast there, but she was a very fun mum. She just didn't care about cleaning the house. Who cares? That's fair. I remember our previous conservatory in our old house had loads and loads of really extravagant fake plants. Oh, wow. Fake plants. Fake plants because Egyptian grandma, she... (laughs) You mean Imhotep. Imhotep. She she built on her house an indoor (laughs) swimming pool in the 80s that had fake grass around it. And she bought loads and loads of really elaborate tropical fake plants and she had loads left over. So we ended up having them all and they're just right. like dumped in our old conservatory beside the bikes. For a second, I thought you're going to be like, she built like a, you know, an obelisk. <laughs> she built a pyramid in her back garden. <laughs> she, trust me, she near, that was very much her style as we've discussed in your Welcome America. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the conservatory. Let's get away from Egypt and go back to that conservatory in Windsor. Yeah. So Johnny leads her into the conservatory and she's like, oh, babe. Oh, babe. It looks so romantic. I I don't know about you, but I was looking for what she was talking about. I think maybe a tablecloth. I think maybe he scattered scattered more of those those confetti things from Smith's that we talked about last week. But these ones said happy anniversary, right? Yeah, I think so. He'd been back. But no, I mean, she's got like a table runner on like a a circular glass table. There's some candles. 
Um, everything's white. I think there's some white chair coverings that are maybe left over from a wedding. Um, and and they've hired a waiter. Yeah, there seems to be a, a kind of maybe a French waiter serving French food is what I feel like the theme was. I think I think Johnny was like, "Oh, I'll make it French. That's dead classy." And, then- <laughs> and he also he also brings in another bouquet of flowers. So a bouquet of flowers appears in plastic wrapping. I'm okay with it here, the plastic wrapping here, because he's giving it. And right. this, is a, this is a different bouquet of flowers, um, but he's giving it to her. So you know when you give someone an elaborate bouquet of flowers, it can have the wrapping. That's yeah, of fine. course. Yeah, well, yeah you, but then you, knowing what we know about Lisa, she probably then just dumped that straight into a vase, ready for it to go into the queue of other flowers that needed to be arranged underwhelmingly. <laughs> oh, I've also spied a, a radiator in the background. Now, it's kind of hiding because it's white and everything in this conservatory is white, but it, it is there. Oh, Really quick, that not to kind of derail us from because we're doing a great job being so linear. I just there's a no, there's a note from the Tesco scene that I have to get out, otherwise I get won't it back. Be happy with get it, myself. get it in, get it in. So take it's yourself. Like the, it's like the time traveling tub of flora. I mean, yeah. just get it in now. So like, hop in the car, pop back to Tesco in Windsor. My favorite line was when they were picking out some olive oil, and uh, Andy said to Michelle, "It's like, oh, don't get that one with the garlic in it." And she's like, "Oh, that's the one I was going to get." And you just hear him off camera go, "Yeah, not that one. It's minging." <laughs> <laughs> minging 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 is such a 2004 word that was like jade goody on big brother wasn't it minging. do i look do i look minging so back to back in that car travel time travel again back to windsor into that conservatory they're eating snails yeah i johnny was not looking so happy about the snails like he didn't look like he was he, like there was plenty there's lots of like close-ups of him trying to spear the snail and then did he even put it in his mouth? I feel like there was a lot of him like waving it around, but never actually eating it, right? No, no, he, well, no, he, there's a shot of him putting it in his mouth, quickly followed by him grabbing his drink to like <laughs> wash it down. <laughs> I feel like in um, this show, there's never, there's never not a shot of like, Johnny, you can always see on the side, Johnny's like poured a can of beer into a pint glass. Don't you think? You can oh. always see he's just like, <laughs> he's, he's like, got, like clearly, a- clearly like Lisa's trained him well. Johnny, if you're going to have a beer, you've got to put it in a glass. Yeah, babe, don't just drink your Fosters out of the can, babe. Just put it in a glass, babe. We've got all those glasses for our wedding, don't you? We're going to use them. Come on. Oh, my God. I would love to see their fucking wedding stuff. I bet it is minging. <laughs> I think I think we're seeing all their wedding stuff throughout the show. That, that squiggly wire candelabra from the previous scene, that was from the wedding. Who knows? Okay. Next morning, well, actually, well, no, in that conversation yeah. before before we get to the next morning, Lisa's saying to Johnny, I mean, I just think maybe, you know, I won't sing anymore. It's too much hard work. Maybe I should just, you know, be a celeb. I should just go out and do PAs, personal appearances, and that's just what I should do. Oh, I, I wrote that it was the truest and most searing statement I'd ever heard on a television show where she said, I just like being a celebrity and not having the pressure of releasing records and wondering where they're going to go to. It's like, whoa, that is like... That is such a black, like a bold, like raw, exposed nerve of a statement just to like casually drop in the conservatory. I was just like, whoa, this is intense. It must be really stressful. Well, yeah, no, and that's the thing is she's right, but it's done with such, it's delivered with such flat throwaway in the conservatory over Escargot. Like, whereas if this was an American reality show, that scene would be, you know, she, it would have been this music underneath it. It would have been the revelation of her being like, I just don't think I can go on. And they would have cut to break this, that, this. It's just her in her wedding dress in the conservatory being like, oh yeah, I'm just like, 
so they just don't want to be a celebrity. It's just be a celebrity and not release records, you know? It's just like so, oh. so like dark. But I just, yeah, I really felt like that was, again, that line reading could be like an Oscar winning performance of like a, a person whose life is just falling apart who was once famous. Oh, Lisa, lovely Lisa. Next morning, <laughs> they had their nice night. And then the next morning, she needs to say goodbye to him. Um, say goodbye to husband, Johnny. And once now, again, she's in tears. Now, where's Johnny going? <laughs> he's going on tour, isn't he? What's he going on uh, tour really? with? Well, he's got that year's commitment. Strap on those roller skates because he's doing the regional tour of Starlight Express. Now, I wrote down... I wrote down, I made a note for myself, ask Ben about Starlight Express. So why, 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 why ask? <laughs> because you know, <laughs> you know, I don't really know that much about musicals. I have very specific tastes about just very specific musicals. So my Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of um, knowledge base is, is completely thin. I've never seen Cats. I've never seen Starlight Express. I've never seen Phantom of the Opera, blah, 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 blah. So I want to just quickly tell you what I think Starlight Express is about. And then okay. I want you to tell me what it's about okay i know it. okay i know everyone wears roller skates is it about a magical train that flies in the sky and people fall in love on the train and perhaps someone dies and falls out of the train there we go that's starlight mm. express so starlight express i saw it as a young gay in london Right. All I know, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Yes, everyone in it is a train. So they all play different trains. They're all on wheels. Hang on. And hang on. They're wait a minute. And 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 the stage. Hang on. And the stage is all like a big roller thing. And it goes, if you're sitting in the audience in like the special area, they can whiz right past you. Hang on. They're all different trains? I for some reason thought yes. they all were one train. They they're were all, all they're all different trains. Like say I'm like, I'm like the I'm like the the smoke the the smoky stack Stephen and someone else is like you know like I don't know fast wheels Willie or something like that but then they can all hook up like they're because they're like train carriages that can all hook up to one another and then they can all spin around the place I don't remember anything else about the plot all I know is it's a bit of an embarrassment of a musical like everyone right. kind of looks down on it I don't think there are any big songs from it it's very like 1987 futuristic 80s synthy a bit embarrassing oh i'm just having a look at the cast list and it it says uh, control is the young child in in charge of the rail yard the story takes place in so it's about a kid playing with its toys oh okay is that right yeah and the main character is called rusty he's a steam engine <laughs> yes <laughs> oh jesus okay oh, wait a minute. should we try and find out who johnny played johnny shan cow I think it's Chantel. Um, I don't actually know how you say his name. Chantal. Chantel. Chantelligence. Chantel's album. He played Hip Hopper One? No. Oh. What is that? What does that mean? <laughs> Hang. Wait a minute. I don't feel great about that. I know. I'm nervous about that. There's a character called Buffy the Buffet Car. <laughs> that's, pr that's pretty great. It doesn't. S so I've managed to find the Starlight Express. He plays Hopper One. I don't know what that means. That doesn't sound great. No, mean... not, no, no, like big hip hopper. Oh, hip hopper one, a box car. Oh no. 
Oh, nervous no. about that. So he didn't play this character that I'm seeing called Ashley the Smoking Car, a wise, smoky, and sexy smoking car. <laughs> and I've just found a, it says notable cast members. I do not recognize a single person from the London one, even the Broadway one, apart from, it says Jane Krakowski played Dinah the Dinah Car. <laughs> oh, yes. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yes, yes. 100% right. Wow. So yeah, so Johnny Chantel, he plays Hip Hopper 1, not to be confused with Hip Hopper 2 or Hip Hopper 3. So depressing. <laughs> but he's got that year's contract and off he, off, he, off he scoots, off he skates. Is she wearing a gold juicy couture tracksuit in this scene or is it just a gold like kind of hoodie kind of top? Because it definitely to me looks like a gold juicy, juicy tracksuit. Oh, it's definitely a gold juicy top. And she's, oh yeah, yeah. And it's a gold juicy top velour and she's wearing it with jeans so she can see her, like her, you know, her, her little stomach. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's in she, god she's in great shape yeah she is i think i feel like she still is i feel like she always has been and always will be she's like got a very solid figure oh lisa okay oh. so that was the scene but we do enter into a bit of a montage well i called this next scene lit a montage miss wales 2005 slash celeb work what did you call it i just called this miss wales pageant because i felt like it was the strongest kind of marker of this scene lit because I, my first note is, this is tough. <laughs> well, what made, so this, this then goes into like a montage of Lisa doing all the kind of celeb work that she said, you know, kind of referenced before. Like, oh, maybe I should just, you know, be a celebrity and not release music. So she's at Miss Wales 2005 judging it. Meanwhile, the music over the top of this is that song that's like, I walk these empty streets on the boulevard <laughs> of broken dreams. So that sets the tone. Yeah, that was, was kind of harsh, isn't it? <laughs> and then, it so she's at Miss Wales. Green. She's at Miss Wales 2005, and she's being interviewed. And it's like, hey, Lisa, great to have you here. This is obviously a great event, but is there room for it in modern society? I, I, no, they cut away before she says her answer, didn't they? They're just like, no, we don't. They're like, we don't need to hear from her. Did you notice that when they started, so when she was being interviewed, they they had the contestants like doing that like it was almost like they were doing a run through in like jeans and just like jeans and a nice top but then obviously <laughs> they showed they they kind of cut to later when the actual pageant was starting and they showed some of the outfits and i wrote down why does every outfit look like it's been shredded <laughs> i think i felt it was a very 2004 look to have like shredded it all looked like they'd all been attacked all of the contestants oh yeah is it like those was it when everyone wore like those tops and it was shredded at the bottom so you could like get like a little a cheeky glimpse of a midriff? Was it that I kind think, of thing? I think so. And I feel like it's a very similar time to when I was at university when my friends bought these vest tops from Primark where you, as you, when you dried them, you like rolled them, rolled them up and tied them up so that when they, so that they were like purposefully crinkled. Yes, like yes, yes, crum- yes, 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 crumpled, A crumpled up kind of vest top from Primark was very and, much the look. And lots of like dresses with like, verging on not flamenco but flamenco meets i'm going on vacation and there's lots of dangly bits like jellyfish tendrils yeah yes you're you're totally right it's it's flamenco adjacent yeah (laughs) flamenco adjacent but without any of the culture or heritage and then i just wrote the note i don't like seeing tony loose at a pageant because i'm already after that kiss of the nail technician i'm already worried there's a there's an undertone of under Tony, if you will, of kind of him being a little bit of a lech. Yeah, he because he won't leave because like Lisa's there with Mum Jan and um, she's like, right, it's time to go. Where's Dad? And Jan's like, well, Dad, he's a nightmare. And Tony won't leave. It's like, come on, Dad, we need to go. I 
just remembered something. Some of my friends in the UK once were driven by Tony somewhere. So I think Tony in the side is like a taxi driver or was back in the day. What? (laughs) And there was, I'm sure there was like this story of like a big night out in Manchester. And for the whole night, Tony was their driver. and was just like driving them around everywhere. (laughs) What? And and he was just chatting nonstop about Lisa and what was going on and how everything was. Okay, sure. you need you need to we need to do some research for the next episode and find those those friends. We need like a statement from them. <laughs> okay? An official oh. statement regarding Tony the taxi driver. So, talking of driving, we then get some lovely motorway shots, you know, Ooh, yeah. because to, um, this is all kind of this montage sequence of just like, you know, celeb work and Lisa's being driven up the motorway again. American listeners, the UK isn't big, so don't. She wasn't in that car for long. Don't you worry about it. Um, <laughs> and her brother's driving her to a shopping center. What's she doing at that shopping center, Fraser? Well, first of all, before we get to what she's doing, she's got to find where she's going to do it. So she's like, "Oh no, I need to find a gold, goldsmith. Is it called goldsmiths? It's goldsmiths. She's like, I need to find goldsmiths." And then she's like, I think it's on this floor. And then she stops at one of those kind of early 2000s electronic kind of computers that helps you find the store that you need to go to. She spends a lot of time using it. And then she's like, okay, well, oh, it says that we should be able to see it. And then her brother's like, oh, there it is behind us. And she's like, walking off, she's like, that's great, that machine, isn't it? Because it just helps you find the shop that you're looking for. So, you know, like this, this monologue about the computer in the shopping center goes on for what felt like a hundred years because you know when you're out shopping sometimes you just can't find the shop you're looking for and it's dead good those computers and and you're listening to me it's dead good those computers that they have in the shopping center because because they help you find the shop you're looking for and he's just like <laughs> and, and lisa it's like real wonderful gender norms because she says something like you know it's a it's great if you're a woman out shopping that would really help a woman if they're out shopping and lost and didn't know where they were going it would help a woman it's i like, would say I would say as well that um, from episode one to now, I would say the happiest Lisa has been is when she opened the card from Smith's and then she was miserable for the rest of that episode. And I would say she was miserable right up until this moment where she used that computer. It's like the second time I've seen her genuinely happy so far in Totally Scott Lee. (laughs) So Lisa gets to Goldsmith's. Thank God. Well, she had that computer to help her. Thank goodness. (laughs) She gets there. And so she's at like a store opening in a mall and she's being interviewed by like the local press, just a local, the local rag. Hang on. I just have to correct you there. Store opening in a mall sounds a little more glamorous than (laughs) jewelry shop opening in a shopping center. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. (laughs) I've lived in America way too long. Apologies, UK. Um, And she's in there and she's being interviewed by a local rag and like the guy's going, so how did this all, uh, how did this all come about? And Lisa basically says, well, I got invited. So... And then she just kind of talks about it. I love <laughs> so that. So I'm here. She goes, yeah. then she goes, I got invited. So uh, I'm here. <laughs> and then she talks very Valerie Cherish comeback stuff. She's like, you know, and the gold's, you know, this jewelry is all about like gold hearts and, you know, giving them out. And I'm all about charity, obviously. Yeah. I do a lot of charity work. It's like, what? yeah, that was pure Valerie Cherish. She was like, fuck, need to answer this question. Uh, I, I, what sounds good when you look sad and desperate? Uh, talk about charity work. No one can laugh at you and you're talking about charity. That's what was going through her head, wasn't it? She's like, okay, they're going to use this quote. So uh, maybe if I just say something about charity, people won't be like, oh my God, Lisa Scott Lee's opening like a, a jewelry store in, in a, yeah, I just, I love, I love charity. Obviously, obvious. Oh, obviously, Lisa. I also love like what she's wearing in this scene. She's clearly, so she's wearing 
like some jeans, some tight jeans and a black top and um, a black fitted jacket on top. She's like very business, very professional. Yeah. Well, she's like, oh, I'm doing a day of, of business. So I need to wear my business outfit. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, all yeah. business. It's very sad. They show her cutting the ribbon and there's like not even a crowd gathered. There's, there's barely, people are just like walking past being like, oh yeah. It's and really, she's cutting really a white ribbon. And yeah, it's like two women holding a ribbon. She's in the middle and there's a photographer. In the background, the store next door is called Bay. Do you remember what Bay was? Bay Trading. Bay Trading. And there's a big there's a big thing in the window that says sale, five pounds. Yeah, Bay Trading was, I remember all my friends, for some reason in that period of time, everyone bought like low slung pinstripe trousers. Do you remember when trousers were so low that it was that you could barely like keep them onto your bum? That's what those kind of trousers were from Bay Trading. That and lots and lots of vest tops. I remember standing there for hours in the Castle Mall in Norwich watching my friends flick through the racks of different colored vest tops. And then being like, what do you think? You're like, it's just all the same in different colors. Yeah, it's, just a pink, it's just a pink top. Just buy it. <laughs> and then afterwards, she's been driven by her brother once again. And they're just talking about it all. I want to give a shout out to the little, you know, those little air fresheners in a car that you like clip onto the air vent. So if yeah. you have like the AC or like air going through, it just pumps like a smell into the yeah. car. He's got, got a little one fan. <laughs> I said, I'm very into her brother, Ant, is what I said, and his angular hair. <laughs> and then he basically not just sticks the knife in, I think just basically chops her head off with it because he says, she, you know, she's kind of talking about like, oh, you know, I need more than just like opening shops and doing photo shoots and going to the old premiere. It seems glamorous, but I just don't really like it. And he just goes, yeah, you went from doing party in the park to opening a jewelry shop. And she's like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks she's so like, much for pointing that out. <laughs> she's like, cheers, Ant. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, oh yeah. Next is a a tough, tough, tough scene. Speaking of the comeback, I think this scene is one of the most comebacky scenes of all, where they are literally in sexy Nathan's office discussing her actual comeback. Yes. So this is a beautiful, as we said in episode one, this is a beautiful scene where their dialogue sort of overlaps in the most phenomenal way. And um, <laughs> he's saying, oh yeah, you have to evolve, you know, you've got to do something new. And then, you know, he suggests you could maybe like, you're better off going into like uh, bringing a guitar band into a label rather than a pop group. But, you know, Lisa's not convinced that if she picked up a guitar, it'd be believable. <laughs> Listen to your gut, Lisa. You're right. Yeah. You're 100% right. Nathan yeah. also lists all the record labels they can't approach because <laughs> she's either been dropped or they have like bad blood with them. Well, I don't I know think, what was going on. I, I think that I think that basically they were saying she got dropped by Universal and then because Universal is like an umbrella company with lots of other record labels. So he, instead of just saying, oh, you know, well, you got dropped by Universal, so we can't go there. He then proceeds to, again, stick that knife in and he lists like all of the record companies that are under the Universal umbrella. And he's like, well, we can't go to Polydor or you know this and this and that and she, I think she's just like yeah I get it Universal it all counts they don't want me let's not talk about them and Nathan's just like eh, 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 jab jab she's jab, like, jab I know Nathan I know I know I know <laughs> and he's like yeah we've had all these no's and she says as long as I get one yes I can deal with a load of no's to which Nathan replies well we've got a lot of no's I know again this is like an American reality show it would be like you know, well, we've just got to love notes. And then it would be swelling music under the protagonist being like, do you know what though? I can have a thousand no's and all I need is that yes. And then it would just be like, but this one, it's like, they let her say her beautiful hero line. And then they just, again, those knives are just stabbing, stabbing, stabbing while she just, he's just like, yeah, well, it's been a lot of no's though. 
in this scene, scene over. As, <laughs> in this scene as well refreshment wise there is a carton of juice at the table i think it's from marks and spencers and it's got a giant label that says three for five pounds <laughs> <laughs> that's what nathan's got in his office isn't he just that get that orange juice out of the fridge nathan well, if you Sexy. buy three, one for the office, yeah. one for home, one spare. <laughs> oh, sexy Nath. Is this is this when he's wearing that pink shirt? I can't no, he's remember. Wearing, got... He's wearing a green t-shirt in this scene. Oh yeah, no, he's very this is casual, Nathan. I prefer I prefer my my Nathan a little more smart in a in a kind of Burton's menswear shirt, tucked into a a, a dad jean with a belt. Oh, got it. He does sometimes wear an Abercrombie and Fit shirt as well, maybe in like a pastel color. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, this scene is just really tough. It's just, let's list all of the places that you've been dropped from. And she's just like got this smile on her face. You could tell she's like, I'm just going to not cry in this fucking scene. So she's like, she does a good job of not rising to the bait of, of what Nathan's trying to get her to just cry about being a failure in this one. Right. Yeah. But she's doing that thing of like, I know she's kind of giggling as well. She's like, I know, I know, but I'm still yeah. going to do it <laughs> now. <laughs> have, you, have you got your ticket? Have you got speaking your ticket? Of, speaking of the Starlight Express, <laughs> <laughs> this scene takes place on the Virgin Pendolino train, <laughs> no doubt, which I believe goes from London to Glasgow and stops at many fun places along the way. I know this train like the back of my goddamn fucking hand. This is important for American listeners because I feel like an American be like, why is a celebrity on a train? In the UK <laughs> and in Europe in general, Everyone gets the train. And to be fair to Lisa, she's in first class. She's in that yeah. first class cabin. In fact, think back to 1998, nine, just after Jerry left the Spice Girls. And there was that whole document. Oh my God, we need to do a special on that. Do you remember oh that God. Jerry Hallibald documentary? Yeah, that's also <gasps> like the comeback. Oh my God. But there's a whole scene of her like on the train talking the phone to her managers and she's being filmed. She's And she's saying, no, it's fine. I've got complete control over this documentary, complete control. And then she gets off the phone and the documentary filmmaker's like from behind the camera, uh, Jerry, I just heard what you said. This is my documentary. You don't have complete control. And Jerry's like, yeah, no, it's cool. I've got control. No, it's cool. Whatever. <laughs> and she did not have control of that documentary. Let's no, just talk about that for a no. second. We will oh get, we will. Oh my God. We need to do that. Lisa's on the Virgin Pendolino train. Like I said, goes from London to Glasgow, but it stops at Manchester, Leeds, uh, Milton Keynes. I used to get this train all the time when I when I used to work in Manchester. So I I know the stops to Manchester incredibly well. It's that train is tough. Like if you get that on like a Friday night, it's oh that is a tough tough journey. It's very hard to get a seat if you haven't booked one. It's always packed. Everyone's always getting really drunk on it, especially like by the time you get to kind of, I used to get it to Penrith sometimes, like on the border oh. of Scotland and England. And those people heading up to Glasgow, they would get fucked up on that train. They were like oh. so drunk by the time they got off of it. Also, shout out to one of my favorite BBC Scotland shows, Inside Central Station, which my friend Paul works <laughs> on. It is beautiful. It's all just about this, the big station in like Glasgow's equivalent of Grand Central Station and just people hopping on and off trains and things going wrong. And it's just constantly people taking a drink on a train because you're allowed. It's legal to drink on trains. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so, it's encouraged, actually. It's encouraged. <laughs> we'll get that gin in a tin from, you know. From Mark's, from Mark's in the station. I've often popped like a, a, a bottle of Prosecco on a train going to like a oh, hen weekend. Oh, what a <laughs> treat. Anyway, so I, I didn't remember how this scene played out. So my first note, which is very foreshadowing, is, um, is Lisa's on a virgin train in capital letters and she's on her flip phone. And I said, she's lucky to get a signal because I remember that train. I used to always get my signal would be cutting out. Little did I know. 
this whole scene wow. is going to have some absolute slapstick comedy based around phone <laughs> reception. Because <laughs> we then see a split screen of on the other side of the call, she phones Nath, and uh, it's a split screen between Nath and Lisa, lovely Lisa, and um, Lisa's calling him because she's like, "Oh, have you seen the papers? They're talking about my marriage. Apparently, we're in crisis talks." And Nathan's like, "Oh, I've heard, but I haven't read them." And then she tries to tell tell Nath all about it, and Nathan's like, "Yeah, I, Lisa, I I can't, no, I can't hear you." Uh, but Lisa just then, continues talking. I was going to say, that's the funniest part where he basically, they just show Nathan hanging up the phone and still in the split screen, they have Lisa just telling the story of the paper. And I'm sure that they absolutely fucked with the edit for that one. And that like, at some point she realized that he'd hung up, but like they made it look like she's such like a narcissistic fool that she didn't understand that there was no one on the other end of the phone. Very totally. funny. And then this is, <laughs> it is intercut with a couple of other things going on. So we've also then got um, Michelle and Andy. Remember they were shopping at the beginning of the episode. They're still shopping. So they're yeah. out and about shopping um, on the high street and they're just looking at stuff. Well, mainly Michelle. Michelle yeah. picks up uh, a T-shirt that says "Rich and Famous" in gold yeah. lettering. Uh. So they're flicking. So she's picked up this top, and th- she's also just rifling through a rail of what I would call rah-rah skirts. Oh, see, I wrote down gypsy skirts, which I know is technically a slur, but they were called gypsy skirts. At no, the time. no, 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 no. These are not because I, gypsy skirts were a different thing. Again, we're using that term in a throwback, awful way. These were like, weren't these the ones that were quite? And Lisa wears one later on. They're quite short, and they have the kind of. It, it's very eighties. Like it's like a tiered kind of um, a tiered ruffle into the a tiered skirt, ruffle. Right? It's sort of yeah. what like. Um, Jennifer Garner's younger character would wear in 13 going on 30. Yeah, actually, you're right, because there was an 80s revival when I was at university, because I remember all the girls wearing, like, plastic earrings that were, like, yes. a, like a yellow lightning bolt from um, from uh, Claire's Accessories or from, uh, what was it called, Pilot in um, in Putney. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah. So she is rifling through those, um, and Andy looks pretty bored, but he's helping. He's being a good I, boyfriend. I wrote, what shop is this? Because it didn't look like a, it didn't look like a, it looked like an independent shop, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Look, I was a bit confused like a by what it was. <laughs> so then we went back to the train and we have yet another devastating conversation between Nathan and Lisa where Nathan just inexplicably just is like well are you sure Johnny's not cheating on you <laughs> it's like oh my god are you kidding and he's like laughing as he says it and you can tell she's really annoyed she's like uh that's not funny and she's like maybe you should call up Johnny and ask him that question quite rightly I was on her side in that scene I wonder if that was one of the situations where the producers at MTV were like, really, you know, find out, prod. You know what I mean? I This is my theory on this, because obviously Nathan, like, loves the camera. My theory is that he, like, was very pally-pally with, like, the producers that did the scenes with him. And I feel like they were, like, laughing while he was asking the question. And he was getting very, like, because can't you see he's, like, a bit of a, he's almost like a bit of a child that's getting, like, can't you see him kind of getting egged on by a producer? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll ask her about it. She'll find it funny. Yeah, and she and there's a one point where he looks at the camera, so he's clearly like checking in to see how his audience is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so then we're we're back in the shop, and Misha's another shop trying on some things. Um, Andy really wants her to try on a top, and goes into the horrible dressing room. Top. And it's like a horrible top. And like, try this on, babe. And she's and she's like, babe, don't come in here. I'm like, babe. I'm naked. Can't believe. Why would you do that? I'm like. You are going, you are like in a relationship, Mish. <laughs> I know. I think she's, her implication, I think, was that the camera could see her, but it couldn't. So yeah. much babe action between them, isn't there? Babe. So right, babe. Babe. Babe, 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 babe. 
And then there's that beautiful shot of her just like putting her face outside the curtain of the changing room and sneezing. <laughs> Very triggering to watch that in 2020. Just Oh my God, is I'm, she patient zero? Yeah, she's where it all started in that independent strange shop in like Windsor, I guess. Let me get back to uh, to the train. And uh, Nath, <laughs> this is where they kind of now talking about their strategy again of like how they're going to move forward. And Nathan re- refers to number 23 in the charts being a car crash situation, which is pretty harsh. And, you, you know, you get at least a, the, the clip they used in all of the previews. Oh, it's not a car crash. I, I, I don't think we can describe it as a car crash, Nath. I still, really I still like... think it'd be classed as a hit. Come on, it's 23. It's still a hit. And Nathan, quite right, is like, babe. It's, it's not a hit. 23 like, is not a hit is his exact words. <laughs> and there's some really, this is a beautiful example of just like mumbling and talking over each other and neither of them really listening to the other. And and then the scene ends in a way where Nathan says, you know, when I was in a boy band and, you know, flashback to him and Brother Beyond, he says he wished, I just wish I'd gone for a bit more. That's all I'm saying. Just wish I'd gone for a bit more. He's <laughs> <laughs> just implying that Lisa doesn't work hard or do anything. But then you don't see Lisa's reaction. So I don't know if he, that was just him saying the line into the phone for the camera. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it was such unhelpful advice, wasn't it? All I'm saying is just try, just do more. Okay. And now we move on to a scene lit set at the Concept Records, a record company. Oh my god! So, okay, well, just, just just in case you think that every devastating scene is only around everyone jabbing Lisa as much as possible, this scene does not feature her and was devastating. So, Concept Records is a record company. I tried to look it up. I looked for the Wikipedia. It said that the Wikipedia for Concept Records has been deleted in the past twenty four hours. <gasps> Oh my God. So they knew we were going to talk about them. They knew. Oh my God. We've got, they've got onto us. Concept records. So I didn't, I didn't, (laughs) we still don't know if her name is Nicola yet. We're going to get a glimpse over here. So we have a scene where in one room, you've got this guy called Max Bloom, who's like the head of concept records. You've got an Mm. unknown woman who plays much more. We think (laughs) her name is Nicola. Nicola. <laughs> She's definitely not Sarah Lee or whatever we were calling that other woman. Sarah Mandy. <laughs> Sarah Mandy. She's not Sarah Mandy. She's definitely not Sarah Mandy. And you've got Andy, Lisa's brother, and you've got Nath in this meeting. Yeah. Now, Andy's definitely wearing the kind of top you described in the previous episode. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I almost feel like it's, you could describe it as like a, he used to wear like a lot of those golf jumpers. It was like a golf pattern, wasn't it? Like a, those diamonds. Well, actually, oh, this like one I think Pringle. is wearing a pink one. Uh, yeah. Yes. There's a, he wears a lot of like, Pringle style golf jumpers, but with nothing underneath. But yeah, mm-hmm. this scene is devastating because uh, Max Bloom, whatever his name is, uh, the MD of the company, says, Well, you know, um, how many- <laughs> it's like, I guess we're going to be okay because, you know, how many times can the name Scott Lee fail? And everyone laughs. And I'm like, and Andy, like, poor, bless him, is like kind of going, like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, Andy's basically sitting there being like, I just want a record deal, so I'll just agree and smile. Yeah, and yeah, he's just like, <laughs> And yet again, they, they, Nathan manages to slip in another Brother Beyond reference, which is like amazing. <laughs> and and then- also, we've got him wearing just Andy, we've got him wearing over his top, his sort of very thin wool mix top. We've got him wearing a crucifix. A lot of crucifix jewelry throughout this series. Yeah. Well, we, I guess we have never really looked up uh, whether, you know, the Scotleys are practicing Christians. So I guess we'll find out. So 
this is when they, they then move into kind of like a side room, I think, or maybe I couldn't tell where this was being filmed. It looked like maybe the cafeteria of concept records. This is where they had the shot, which was exactly like the office where they were filming them from behind a plant. <laughs> Very like Jurassic Park, clever girl, this scene. <laughs> And then this is my absolute favorite scene where they open some champagne and start pouring it and villain Michelle starts crying and you're like, oh, she's so, she's so sad. And why is she crying? Well, she's just so happy that they're getting to drink Dom Perignon. (laughs) (laughs) Just savagery again. Just like, she's like, yeah, I mean, great that you've got a, great you've got a record deal with Concept Records, but like drinking Dom Perignon. Literally drove her to tears. And then they have a, a kiss at the end and Andy has to wipe his lips because of Michelle's lip gloss. Now, do you think this was Juicy Tube lip gloss? Do you remember Juicy Ooh, Tubes? Yeah, I'm wondering if this is pre that. I guess actually, actually no, I think maybe it was around that time because I okay, know that- Googling them right now, Because I know that also, you know, later on in, in pop history, the Saturdays were the face of Barry M lip gloss. This was very pre-Barry M days. Yeah, Barry M lip gloss was the notorious video, wasn't it? They're putting it on in the in the lift before they go into the office. Yeah, I can't find, I cannot find it, but Juicy Tubes, I feel like 2004 was a real period because like when I would go out with my friends at that time, everyone would have like their very overly straightened hair. They would yeah. have their, their boot cut flared Miss 60 jeans, a little cute little top. Yeah. Um, and they would get like, un- unzip their little bag, take out their Juicy Tube lip gloss, put it on and then pop it back in and dance the night away. Well, famously in this period of time, uh, call us to Charlie CLC. We used to go out and I think she's like, she can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but this is where she started having clutch bags. And she said that she used to just, um, cause she was so used to wearing a bag that had like a strap across the body or across the arm that she constantly was just lifting up her arms to enjoy a song and dropping her clutch bag on the floor. <laughs> cause she had it like tucked under her armpit. So she'd just constantly just be dropping it in the club. Next, we cut to a, uh, this is a, another one of those cutting back and forth scenes. So this scene yep. takes place between Johnny's flat in Manchester and what I can only imagine is Sarah Mandy's house in Windsor. Yes. <laughs> Two devastating locations. <laughs> so the first, the first location, it's his bleak, I've described it as a bleak new build student flat. That's what I, it feels like. I wrote the red furniture exclamation mark. And then I said, I had a question for you is, do you think this is, is this the media city flat that you stayed in before? No, it this is pre, this is pre media city being built in Salford keys. Oh shit. That, yeah. This is pre, but those red, those red, remember those red Ikea sofas from yeah. that specific time. Also, so uncomfortable. When he's, so uncomfortable when he's leaving the, the flat and he goes to like a metal gate that looks like a prison guard gate. Yeah. He has to like buzz himself out of the, the kind of compound, doesn't he? And it's like, oh, ooh, yikes. But that was very, those 2000s, like early 2000s, that was actually very high end to live in like a, you know, like by the keys, like a keyside, you know, one bedroom, like, or studio flat. Like, it's like, oh, wow, he's rich. He's by the keys. Oh, so mm. depressing. So they're kind of, they're, the whole point of this scene like, is to show that Johnny's alone and kind of working at Starlight Express while Lisa's going out with her friends. So once we, once he's left the compound, we cut to um, Sarah Mandy's house in Windsor, where the girls are just casually... <laughs> the girls are just casually cutting up what i can only describe as a good fella's frozen pizza and drinking some some white zinfandel while they all have curlers in their hair 
that is definitely a frozen pizza. Thank goodness they've got a pizza cutter. I will say that. I've also noticed they've definitely brought out um, the ketchup, some tomato ketchup. Are they dipping the crusts into the ketchup? That's I, what I want to know. I respect that. I still do that to this day. I respect that with all my heart. I will have ketchup with pizza. I'm absolutely still with her on that one. Give me that sugary, sugary ketchup to go with the pizza. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And then they're basically just discussing their plans. Where where are they going to go, Ben, tonight? Where where shall we go tonight? They're going to the heart of the year 2005, and that is the Maxim Party. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being held at actually should we wait till we get to the maximum we'll wait till we get there that. i will say at this point so they're they're all like getting ready at sarah mandy's house i did i i do think it's i'm so glad i've just written oh i'm glad lisa has friends yes me too because that actually this is one of the only scenelets where someone isn't jabbing the knife into lisa about her career if anything actually this is another rare opportunity for lisa to get a jab in where she jokingly calls one of her other friends like a slut oh yeah because she's like they're talking about condoms and she's like well you i don't think you know what a condom condom is yeah and her her friend genuinely seemed quite offended by that didn't she they they cut away from that scene pretty quick because you can tell her friend was like she's like oh no i'm only i'm only kidding i'm only kidding oh which is having fun and her friend was like and once again this is a scene with lots and lots of very heavy pine furniture everywhere yeah and this is where lisa uh, randomly declares that she's like a bird and that she needs to be able to get out of the cage and i believe the cage she's referring to is her marriage (laughs) which is slightly not quite of the reference she and instead of saying that she wants to be like a caged bird that's set free, she describes herself as being a caged bird that just needs to have the little door left open. <laughs> so she can just fly in and out. So, well, she can pop out to the Maxim party, then pop back into her cage marriage. <laughs> now, her outfit in this scene, she's wearing what I would, the color of her dress, I would describe as Cadbury's purple. Absolutely, Cadbury's purple. <laughs> or the purple one from Equality Street. Oh, beautiful. And she's, she's, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, oh my God. I don't even know how you describe this dress. It's got, it definitely got rah-rah-ness to the bottom of it. This is less flamenco, more ice skater. She could do like, if, if there was, instead of it being like an, cause it's like a plunging neckline kind of, you know, quite low down, down to like a backless for like a rah-rah skirt. So if you lined all of the exposed back and front with um, like netting, it would be a ice, like an ice skating costume. Totally. Without it, it's more of like a Maxim party dress, basically. A lot of tit tape talk in this scene. A lot of tit tape talk. And she, on the way in the Addison Lee taxi, in the way into London to the Maxim party, she she's like playing with her necklace. Oh, Did yeah. Did you see that necklace? Yeah, it seems to be like, it's almost like a Playboy bunny or something like that, isn't it? It's like a, it's something. But before, like, we can't get into that Addison Lee scene yet because there's a, another devastating cut between scene, which well, is... Well, someone, someone else is getting ready. Yeah, so we see uh, we see Johnny traipsing in what can only be described as like the minus million degree temperature of Manchester in the winter. And um, he's like traipsing into the side door of the theatre to zero attention. And um, then there's this devastating back and forth with like the saddest song playing over the top of Lisa doing her makeup while Johnny applied his own very, very complicated Starlight Express makeup. I was like, I literally wrote down, should he be doing his own makeup for a stage show? It didn't seem right. I think they do do their own makeup. I think that's part of it. Really? Yeah, because if you think about it, if they're no, performing, I guess it's a lot of it's a lot five, of people to it's a lot yeah. of say you've got a cast of sixteen people in Starlight Express. It's a long train, yeah, and they've all got makeup on. 
and he's yeah, not right. a lead because he's like hip hopper number one and they're performing <laughs> five nights a week he would have to get there think of that think of that that makeup schedule they'd have to get their hours in advance to get into makeup yeah you're all right their- actually from a yeah. tv producer point of view to think about the makeup schedule that makes them quite feel quite stressed out you're right you're right you're right <laughs> God, and then um schedules. <laughs> and then basically my favorite scene of this entire episode is uh lisa and all her friends clomping down those pine stairs and she's holding a bottle of wine <laughs> and she literally is like oh i've got a bottle of white wine and then they all stop one by one to look at their look at themselves in the reflection of that hideous next home furniture mirror that sarah mandy has at the bottom of her stairs Aww. and it's like club 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 and i think they're taking the wine with them in the addison lee aren't they well it's, it's a drive from windsor into into london to go to the location that is pasha <laughs> i need to just google where pasha nightclub was in london pasha's, Do you remember pasha's uh near victoria station remember when we talked about ministry of sound i ended up telling you about my night out i had in pasha yeah, so th- this scene, this party scene's kind of a pretty frantic one. There's a lot of like sexy wall dancing happening. There's like a little brick wall or brick column, and Lisa does a very sexy like hair whipping routine at that column, which was fun. I'm gonna say it. I think this night out seems like so much fun. Okay, I'm not joking. Let me just read you my list of notes from this party. Okay, it says Pasha capital letters. That wall dance, the outfits, and I just finished with this looks really fun. <laughs> I wrote as well. I wrote, I swear, wrote in brackets. I wrote Passion Night Out, then brackets. Looks really fun. <laughs> so funny. Also, I feel like Lisa here, like with all, all her group of Sarah Mandy's, her lovely people, like she can be herself and she's just having a really good time. Yeah. She genuinely like looked like she was having the time of her life that night. Again, much like the, the Smith's card in episode one and that the big love of her life, that computer in the shopping center. <laughs> this is the, oh, this is the third time we've seen in a lot of scenelets of her actually happy. So our final scenelet is Andy. He's on a plane. Um, well, which is exciting. A, another regional plane. Yeah. Cause this is the thing. He opens this scene and he's talking about, um, proposing. So I, in my head, because I'd forgotten what happened in this in this show, I thought he was flying somewhere to propose to Michelle. <laughs> then they showed him getting off at Newcastle Airport, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> uh, getting off at Newcastle International Airport. Thank oh, you apologies, very much. apologies. Sorry, there's they have I forgot they have you know New Newcastle domestic and international. I forgot Corfu flights to Corfu. <laughs> <laughs> so um there's actually once he he's getting in a car to go to a, a location that we don't know yet and um he he's getting a lot of phone calls from michelle and we're kind of cutting to michelle at a party i thought that she had a flip phone that i used to have she didn't but i need to talk to you about this flip phone i had very quickly okay. it was a, like a very square flip phone very like blocky and square and for some reason the cover was fabric so that <laughs> what, like, brand, what brand was this it's a nokia phone nokia if you will and um i remember it was like brown and orange so it had like a weird like 70s kind of look to it and it looked really nice when i first got it but obviously especially me with all my sweaty pores it just got so grubby so quick and i think i just had to replace it because it was so dirty anyway i had a really beautiful samsung flip phone that was very slick and silver and had like a lovely really piercing blue screen on the front so you could see when you got a text you didn't have to open it you could like see a little thing in the front kids today do not know the satisfaction of hanging up on someone on a flip phone they really don't it's the most satisfying thing in the world (laughs) that (laughs) noise good day sir clink (laughs) 
So uh, Michelle seems to be at some kind of event because there's a picture of Michelle posing with Michelle Collins. <laughs> oh, Michelle <laughs> not to be confused Collins. with not to be confused with American Michelle Collins, who's that comedian. <laughs> yes, Michelle, our Michelle Collins, she soap star. Yes. So yeah. So what is what's Andy doing up in uh, in Newcastle then, Ben? Well, he, first of all, he's ignoring Michelle, who's trying to get him via her flip phone, um, and he's in newcastle first of all he's in a taxi and he's talking to the taxi driver and saying oh have you are you are you happily married and the taxi driver's like yeah i am i'm my second marriage (laughs) and and then andy says and then andy says a really confusing line where he's like oh this will be my first time i'm like what okay (laughs) but then he says this will be my first time at the moment (laughs) <laughs> Andy really doesn't bless him. He is really un, un not at ease on camera, isn't he? He like does not know how to what to do with himself at all. I know. It's also I know it's very obvious in hindsight as well. But watching their relationship in general is just like like Johnny and Lisa are just so lovely and sweet and basic and perfect for one another. But Michelle and Andy, it's just it's never fun for anyone. They don't seem to like each other, do they? Really. No. At this point, he thinks he likes her because he is off to a brick-built house um, to see Michelle's parents to ask their ask for Michelle's hand in marriage. Because again, yes. this is two thousand and four, and it's all about gender norms. So he goes gets. We just see the kind of cliffhanger moment of this whole episode is him ringing the doorbell, which I. I don't know what song their doorbell was, but it went on for the entire rest of the scene. Lit. It was just like, it just went on and on and on and on. And then basically the cliffhanger was just him. You see him going into the house, but you don't, you don't see inside the house. And you just hear lots of like, Oh, you're right. Oh, I, you love. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, it's more like, more like you're eight. Oh yeah. It's Newcastle. It's like, Oh Andy, uh, Andy uh, oh yeah, welcome. How's your flight? Oh yeah. How's your flight? Yeah. Which airport <laughs> was it? The international airport? Oh, no, I went a bit. I went a bit <laughs> around Ripple there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, everyone. And then yeah, he the the kind of final thing you hear is just Andy. He's like, oh, I'm going to take off his. He's like, oh, I'm going to take this off. Talking about his microphone. He's like, because you know, you want we want this to be private, right? Boom. Mm. Credits. Wait though, wait though. Question: Do you think this is the brick built house that may have featured in? pop stars when michelle found out the news that she didn't make the the final five. <gasps> oh good point okay well we need to do some cross-referencing and find and see if we can find michelle finding out she didn't make it into hearsay <laughs> we'll have a look god i still need to i still need to draw that graph with the connection of everyone oh I'm yeah forgetting. You your homeland <laughs> it involves what well, we, we have to widen the circle even more now we've got like jane krakowski and starlight express um oh, shit. <laughs> right first of all i need to go on amazon gi- buy a giant cork cork board yeah to you put do up in the you're welcome america office then i need to buy those pins with the little circular things in the end yeah you and do then, and then i need to print out pictures i don't have access to a printer Oh Shit. yeah, you need like a you need some yeah your laser jet your HP laser jet and then you know you need to get yeah we need Jane Kukowski, we need Victoria Beckenham um oh no the inks run out the inks run out <laughs> oh, your ink jet <laughs> can only do black and white <laughs> oh no that was episode two that was episode two we get a little teaser of the next episode episode three in that teaser we see a re- what we think is a record producer saying to Lisa. What you need to do is like, we want to release something that's you, but fresh, but familiar. 
<laughs> doesn't make any sense. No sense. Uh, then we see Mish and Andy on a beach. Arguing. I don't know where that beach is. And yeah, arguing. Mish is frustrated that he, they're not married yet. And then finally, you see a scene where Lisa's crying because she doesn't want to be the type of person who gets her kit off. Fraser, can you explain the phrase, get your kit off? Get your kit off is uh, taking or uh, removing one's clothes. But very specifically in, in the, these terms, it's uh, to do with kind of, you know, maybe doing like a glamour modeling shot, which I believe is you know, almost like a Playboy kind of shoot. And it's, it's get your kit off for the papers. <laughs> mm, right? Get your kit off. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that was, oh, that was episode two. So I guess this is the, this is when we try and think of, uh, you know, it's totally Scott Lee. What was this episode? Totally. What do you think? What was this episode? Oh, I wonder if it's, I think it... it's, I, I think it's I was, totally good. Oh, go on. Oh, I, okay. I, I think you're going to say something better than me. So why don't I start? I think it's totally lost because she ah. just, she's very like, she, Lisa doesn't know what she's doing or where she is. And you know what I mean? What were you going to yeah. say? I was going to say totally good fellas, pepperoni pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you win. This episode is a was episode two of Totally Scott Lee is totally good fellas frozen pepperoni pizza. One hundred percent. Find that in the freezer aisle. Pop that in the oven. They put it on some tinfoil, smart girls. I had it with some ketchup, some white and some white wine. Some oyster bay white wine. How about that tinfoil? Because otherwise you don't you don't want to have to like clean the clean the pan or anything like that. No, you just throw that tinfoil in the bin. Oh, anyway. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Um, we've got- there'll no be another one. episode another episode coming next monday episode three so make sure you watch episode three on youtube uh, to be you know caught up with the thrilling events of the show mm, as ever get in touch on our instagram you are welcome america give us a shout on twitter get those numbers up you are welcome usa if you've got any questions comments do it all uh like and subscribe on all the pods on you know spotify apple Podcasts. leave us a comment we read them all Love that. (laughs) Yeah. So next time, we'll see you next time. Yeah, you're totally welcome. Bye. Great. Lovely stuff. That's good.